This is an ABC podcast. No one likes the silent treatment. It's painful when someone you care about shuts you out. It can make you feel like you've done something wrong. And when you try and work out what's wrong and how to fix it, it's like talking to a brick wall. Maybe it's just a few hours, maybe a few days, but it could be even weeks of being totally shut down. And that's when it really starts to send you. But then again, maybe you're on the other side of this. You hear your partner say something that rubs you the wrong way and you want to let them know, but you don't actually want to have a fight. You're not into confrontation. Not saying anything can be an easier way of making your point. Well, that's stonewalling and it sucks. I'm Nat Tenchich, and stonewalling can have a really negative effect not only on your relationship, but on your mental health. On this episode, you'll learn why people do it, how to tell whether or not it's intentional, how to cope if you're on the receiving end, and how to stop if you're doing it. When you keep coming up against a wall, it's tough, especially when you're trying to have an important conversation. While scrolling through the hookup Instagram inbox, which you can always DM if you've got a topic for me, I came across a message from Annie. She said she got a lot of this from her sort of ex. I say sort of because, well, anytime she tried to have the what are we chat, that's what they do. Dodge, duck, drop off and put up that stone wall. So the relationship sort of started off, I would say, just like a normal relationship does. You know, things were fine. We were, I guess, what I would call dating. And then I think it's when things started to get to that little bit more serious when you're about, you know, that three to six months of you've been seeing each other when I would sort of start to ask, well, what are we? Because now, you know, I've developed feelings for this person. And I found that every time that I would try and ask this question, I sort of got blown off or sort of just a, oh, I thought we've already discussed this. And I'd be like, well, I want to rediscuss it because the original discussion of we're just you know, seeing where this is going and we're just friends. Well, now I have feelings and I want to see where this goes. I want to probably be exclusive. And I think that just made the other person really uncomfortable. And it was sort of where they would then just disappear um, and stop talking to me until I would then basically reach out and be like, okay, fine, like, we'll just keep doing what we're doing. And I, yeah, it got quite frustrating because it got to a year of that. And it's like, well, you know, we need to make life decisions and can't. Sorry, um, sorry, a whole year, a whole year of this. Yeah, it, it was actually a full year. And I found that I definitely put up more, with more of it than I probably would in any other situation because of COVID and this, like, oh, I can't be bothered trying to date somebody else. In your message to us, you described this behaviour as stonewalling. What does that mean to you as far as you, you know, you know? So I guess I found out about the term stonewalling only because I'd had some friends mention that some of the stuff that was going on when I talk about it was potentially gaslighting. And so I sort of started to look into more of that and that led to narcissistic behaviours in people. And that's when I found this word stonewalling. And I was like, oh, what's that? 
And I looked into it and was like, oh, wow, that sort of feels like exactly what I've been putting up with, with someone who basically gives you the silent treatment every time they're annoyed at you for doing something or for bringing up something that they don't want to talk about, um, which ultimately just leaves you constantly trying to not talk about things that they don't want to bring up, but deep down you still need to discuss it. So it's just makes you like riddled with anxiety. Yeah, like like talk me more um, through how it would feel when um, this person did these, you know, things to you. Like did you feel like it was ever justified? Did you feel confused? What was going through your head? Most of the time I felt confused because I just wanted to know what they were thinking and feeling. And at first I used to think, oh, maybe this is just really hard for them and I'd be quiet. I think that's why I put up with it for so long was I honestly thought like maybe this is just a really hard topic for them. Maybe I should be taking this slower for them. Like obviously they've got, maybe they've got fears, like maybe they've got their own stuff. But then I started to really feel like, but what about me? And this is making me have a fear that this person's either not genuine to me or each time that they would obviously disappear and sometimes this would go on for like a week or so, then I'd start to feel like, well, are they going to come back? So I started to feel like I was getting almost like abandonment fears and, yeah, it just, it just made me very anxious. Yeah, it sounds like just such a disorienting place to be, you know, and it's one of those behaviours where you think, well, you don't think much of it because it's not, like, aggressive, right? Like, you're like, oh, okay, well, he just doesn't want to talk about it. Like, that's fine. And I guess you'd, like, kind of put up with it because, you know, everyone sometimes doesn't want to talk and that's okay. Exactly. And I think, yeah, we do that with lots of things, like even in friendships sometimes, like, oh, okay, this topic might make this person uncomfortable so I might not I might bring it up again or whatever. But I think... When it's an intimate relationship, it's obviously feelings and emotions are heightened um, and so it definitely hurts more. But it is confusing because it's not a violent way of sort of treating you badly. It's just this disappearing way. So you don't think of it and go on being like neglected or abused or anything like that until you look back and go, this was sort of in a way a little bit of manipulation from them to constantly sort of control me by not giving me the answers that I needed to make the decisions for myself. Do you feel like you're more vigilant about it now? Like, do you think you would be better at spotting it in a future relationship? Definitely. I think I actually had it in previous relationships and I'd never noticed it so much because I didn't know what it was. I just thought it was someone, I just thought it was a different way of someone communicating or dealing with the conflict or something that made them uncomfortable. But now I realise that it, there is a word for it and that it's not necessarily something that I'm meant to try and fix within this person. It's something that the right person for me will, if, if that's something that they've done, they will have realised it's something they do and they will have got the help they need to overcome doing that to people. Um, if it is someone who, you know, isn't purposely doing it to be manipulative, then I think they would go and get the right therapy or whatever supports they need to overcome why they're doing it. In all likelihood, that's probably familiar to you. I think most of us have copped the silent treatment before from someone. And it hurts. 
you're leaving someone in a complete space of uncertainty. They have absolutely no idea what's going on. We hate uncertainty as people. This is like a really confusing place and totally anxiety provoking. This is clinical psychologist Dr. Jared White. He says we cope badly with stonewalling because we get no assurance about what we've done to bring on the silent treatment. Once you go into that anxiety, then you start worrying about, is this person going to come back? Am I doing something wrong? What's going on with me? And, it can, and it, for the person that's being stonewalled, they can start to feel not only inadequate, um, but start to feel abandoned, start to have uh, difficulty trusting And so it really kind of sparks a whole host of really uncomfortable emotions for the person being stonewalled. Clearly, it's garbage to be on the receiving end. So why would someone do this? Jared says it's not always about shutting someone out, but often about shutting down because the situation is too much to handle. Well, I think they do it for a few different reasons. One of the the most common reasons I've seen is people uh, can become totally overwhelmed. I think you've been talking recently about attachment and the fight, flight, freeze response. And this Mm -hmm. is probably one of the best examples of the freeze response. When someone's completely overwhelmed, their heart's racing, they're maybe feeling, you know, a lot of emotion, but not really able to engage in any of it, they, they shut down. It's a way to just simply withdraw. And it's something that might have happened when you, if you had a parent that was, you know, maybe used to screaming at you or a parent that was uh, loud or um, asking you to do things that you didn't really want to do quite often and a bit intrusive. If there's emotion that happened when you were young that was very overwhelming, um, a good way to deal with that was to just simply withdraw. So one thing we should probably say about stonewalling just straight up off the bat is that it can be functional. You know, it's not always a terrible thing to do and it's not always uh, built in us as a way to hurt other people, but it was actually initially quite a functional thing for someone to do, to be able to freeze when they feel totally overwhelmed. And I totally get this. Sometimes when I get really mad at a partner, I just can't talk to them. It's so much easier to just have a little time, take that time to stew And yeah, sometimes I do it to let them know that they've annoyed or hurt me. But I can never last any longer than 30 minutes because I just can't be silent for longer than that. I'm very much in the right job. (laughs) But my silent treatment can be pretty precision targeted. I cave almost straight away. So maybe Annie's ex was just shutting down because he couldn't handle talking about commitment. But she still thinks it was intentional. Jared says stonewalling can be a tactic to control your partner, but it's certainly not always the case. We can see that it's complex, right? It's not just uh, always malicious and it's not just always a defensive response that's really functional. It can be both of those things at the same time. So in Annie's case, uh, perhaps the individual is not only experiencing emotional overwhelm, but then it becomes it can become this uh, way to regain power or a way to... Um, hurt another person or um, in the process of defending themselves they actually are hurting another person so it depends obviously there's so much nuance and gray area in this but um, I think you can see both the the functionality of it and the problems with it in the one situation you know, the Gottman Institute is an institute that does a whole bunch of research on relationships and they refer to this as one of the four horsemen of a relationship, stonewalling. So mm. whilst it's functional, it can definitely be totally damaging to a relationship at the same time. 
Well, okay, yeah, you know the four horsemen of the apocalypse, obviously. Well, these four horsemen are the harbingers of a crappy post-apocalyptic relationship or a breakup. As well as stonewalling, you've got criticism, contempt, and defensiveness. Not a hot foursome. Okay, so that's some serious shit. And it's true that stonewalling can be a sign of abuse in a relationship. Jared says it can be hard to tell, but there are signs. I think it's a, a really fine line between, you know, what is stonewalling and then becomes abuse. And one of the critical components, I'm, I think, would be about communication. You know, if there's no communication, the person just kind of goes without saying anything, comes back without saying anything, or even comes back and apologises and, and comes with all of this positive reinforcement, it can be really manipulative. So I think that one of the critical things about this behaviour is if they can't, if you can't address it in a relationship and there's no communication that happens when a person leaves it, and it happens over time, it can be erosive to a person's self-confidence. And I think then it can really be abusive in an emotional sense. Yeah, it's so hard to um, understand intentionality, I guess. But at what point would you say it no longer is it can no longer be attributed to that flight or fight or freeze response, you know, is there a kind of a timeline we're looking at here? Well, I wonder I wonder if we'd ever take it away from the fight, flight, freeze response. I feel like that would still remain just because that's a, a, a natural part of who we are as human beings. But perhaps one thing that you could um, start to go, okay, this is, this is no longer okay, mm. is one, when you figure out your own boundaries and say, look, I'm not okay with this and this is going beyond what I'm comfortable with. But two, if it's happening again and again and you're having a conversation about it and the, the person saying, I'm going to work on it or change or but then you see them not doing anything about it and not really taking any steps to to work on it and avoiding those conversations about it um then it becomes a situation where where i think um we all are going to start asking ourselves is this a relationship that i want to be in because this is really um hurting me so if stonewalling is happening does that mean your relationship is entering its post-apocalyptic wasteland phase Remember Four Horsemen? Well, Jared says, yeah, if left unchecked, it can be that devastating. One thing that we probably don't talk about enough when it comes to the stonewalling space is the dynamic, the relationship dynamic that happens. So, you know, someone shuts down and is not available. And then what happens to the other person? They feel abandoned or they feel like they haven't had their need met or can't even get close to having a conversation about their needs so they then often will you'll 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 see often not always but often you'll see them escalate in their feeling and so their feeling becomes more like um might be heightened and they might become a bit more aggressive or a bit more overt with their emotion or you know that wombat song like if you go i'm gonna come and find you what were the lyrics i'm not exactly if you ever leave i'm coming with you Yeah, if you ever leave, I'm coming with you. And it's like if you think about someone that's shutting down because they're afraid and you're like, if you ever leave, I'm coming with you. You know, that's that's scary for the, the person, the stonewaller, right? Mm. They're like, oh, I better shut down more. So um, it's like it's a whole dynamic that's dysfunctional yeah. um, because the one's really getting their needs met. And so it's really, if unless it's addressed, uh, I think that's why they call it one of the four horsemen of the um, relationship because if it's not addressed, it can, can destroy a relationship. 
So that's bad, obviously. Is there any way of holding off your relationship apocalypse? How do you tear down the Berlin Stonewall and end your emotional Cold War? I mean, it's hard to start talking about it when the other person won't let you. It's impossible. Like, like you know, they're already kind of avoidant of the conflict and now you're going to bring up something else. So really difficult. I think one of the best things to do is to start off, uh, you know, if, you, if you've been listening to what we've been talking about here, a large part of it is that the other person's feeling, the, the person stonewalling is feeling overwhelmed. So we want to come in slow, you know, no matter what we do, we want it to be slow because that way we can not surprise or shock anyone with a conversation or a conflict that we're going to have. We want to be slow and gentle. And that's always a great way into these sorts of conversations as a way to start talking about, hey, this is happening and it's really impacting me. If the person on the other end is not willing to engage after a while, then you have to be able to decide, well, what's my boundary? Uh, what can I put up with and how long am I going to put up with it for? Because if you're asking these questions, you have to ask yourself, how long can I keep asking these questions? I guess if your partner is willing to work on it, then you've got a bit more that you can actually do, right? Then comes in communication and you can decide, all right, well, maybe there's something we can say, whether it be even a hand gesture or um, some words that we can say to each other that indicating that we're actually feeling overwhelmed and we need to take a break. There was a really cool study done uh, with the Love Lab where they had couples arguing um, over something and then they'd come in, the researchers, and say, oh, we just need to change some equipment up here and we need to do a few things. And they just took up about 25 to 30 minutes of time and they found that when they left, the partners actually were able to have more positive communication about the same issue. But just having that space to have a bit of a break was really effective for them and so that they weren't escalating in the study. Um, and I think that's really important. Like if we're able to communicate like, hey, I'm struggling here, I need to take a break for the stonewaller or even the person that's being heightened because they're being stonewalled, then you can come back to it and go a bit slower, you know, in half an hour or two hours or whatever you agree upon. Um, the final thing I'll say though is that when we do go off, into our own space, we need to be able to self-regulate. And that's a really, like it sounds simple, but it's really difficult. How do we self-regulate? Um, we don't really practice that at school. We don't really get taught that at uni. It's something that we kind of have to figure out on our own. And I think it, it's hopefully something that will be embedded a little bit more into education system. But mm. I think um, learning to self-regulate is a critical skill for these conversations so that we can go off and come back in a way that's helpful for us. And that cool-down period is helpful. Jordan from Adelaide is someone who's been accused of stonewalling. But for him, it's about taking time to gather thoughts and come back to the issue when tempers have cooled. I had a seven-year relationship, um, and that was just, like, we just kept coming to, like, differences that we could never resolve, and they just kept being constant problems with relationship. And one of their problems with me was that I would shut down in arguments and not engage with them to work it through. My argument to that was I'd always come back to it, but it is something that sort of taxed them and they were feeling the negative effects, even though on my side I wasn't intending that, they were feeling that, yeah, I wasn't communicating with them at the time. But I, I do have sort of a background of anxiety. I've been diagnosed with general anxiety, and when... Um, I'm sort of like put on the spot and like there's a dispute that's sort of happening. Yeah, for me, it 
gets a, a bit too heated and at those times like I really you do shut down and yeah you just want to step away from it and come back at it because like at the times I have engaged in like those disputes it turns into oh and you also did this and you also did that sort of thing and it's like you know it just becomes sort of a barrage of all these different things whereas like I do see the other side of this and that it can be bad for the other person but if you do step away and like just close off and just like give yourself time to gather thoughts give them time to cool down and gather their thoughts then you can actually come back and actually have a more productive sort of conversation about it. But if that still feels like being shut out it's helpful to communicate that you're taking the time to think rather than just shutting down. A healthy relationship is going to be able to talk about hey, you've hurt me. And it is hard to have those conversations. You know, those conversations are not easy. And sometimes stonewalling might feel easier, but lots of studies and research has been done that will show that it's totally destructive for a relationship. So so if you want this person in your life, then I think coming to this com- the conversations about what's hurting you is going to be a lot more effective than the silent treatment. It might be easier to shut down than have hard conversations. But that's what being in a healthy relationship is all about. If you love someone, communicate with them. Be open and vulnerable, even when it's scary. A chat a day keeps the horsemen away. Tear down those walls. Break them barriers. That's what we're always doing on The Hookup. So if you want me to tackle a topic or help you with a relationship problem, message our Insta, at Triple J The Hookup.